When we went on vacation, Forge, uh, we went to the, the first guy in town. We went to a buffet we hadn't eaten all day long. It's like two or three o'clock, which is like all day, you know. And uh, we went to a buffet. We we didn't even we didn't see a price anywhere. But we're like, whatever. We're on vacation. I forget what it was. It was something crazy, like for all of us. Is that what it was? Noah's still bitter about it. Uh, but it was so ridiculous expensive, we couldn't believe it. We made sure the kids didn't leave until they were stuffed coming out of their ears. And, and we were in pain walking out of there. Every one of us were like, you know, eight and a half months pregnant walking out. And um, if you didn't get full, it was literally your own fault. As far as I'm concerned, we could all leave tonight and be full. And if it ain't, if you're not full, it's literally your own fault. If you, if you haven't worshipped yet tonight, it's your own fault. Amen. Amen. Oh, I gotta unlock this. I'm not used to this yet. Bear with me. Has everybody got their Bibles out tonight? Amen. Amen. I would never let the teenagers use their phones or uh, for their um, uh, for their Bibles during service, but. Here I am using an electronic device, amen. Let me check Facebook real quick. Just kidding, amen. If you got your Bibles, can we turn to Psalms chapter 16 and Jeremiah chapter 31? Psalms chapter 16 and Jeremiah chapter 31. Well, it's been a good day already. I got my wife and kids back, amen. It's like the, uh, I guess it's like a country song rewound for me last couple of days. Some of you will get that later. Amen. Thanks. It just wasn't worth laughing at. Thanks. Amen. But can I tell you tonight that God never changes. He just doesn't change. Um, I love the hymns that we sing. I, man, I love these hymns. But these change. These hymns were new at one point. And, and in the future, we might have more hymns. Oh, these will never get old, in my opinion. But there's nothing wrong with new hymns. These were new hymns at one time. But God never changes. Speaking of country music, country music changes, like, all the time. I made the comment to somebody at work, this is a few years ago now, that I was, I was with him in the car, and he was listening to country music, which is fine, it's his car, and uh, I said, I said that, that's country? I said, you're kidding me, that is not country music. He's like, yeah, I was like, that is so far removed from the country music I used to listen to as a teenager, which was like Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson kind of stuff. To me, that's like country music, right? And, and he couldn't or wouldn't acknowledge that there's been a change in country music over the years. And he's acting like I'm the crazy. But, but you know what? That makes perfect sense. Because if you listen to it every single day, you, you can't hardly tell that there's a difference happening. But country music changes, amen. Social injustices change, amen. When the Jews were so desperate to crucify Jesus... The scripture had always been the same. The message had always been the same. There was no change. There, there was, I mean, remember when Jesus was, was, was brought before Pilate and, 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 and brought before his accusers and, and they wanted to crucify him so bad? What, no, better example. Better example. When the king found out that, the, that there was a rumor of a savior to be born they went and asked hey where, where scripture say he's going to be born well in Bethlehem kill all the children I want them all dead go here go there they knew what the scripture said 
They knew what was prophesied to come, but they chose. When, when, when Jesus was being crucified, if they cared to look at Scripture, they're realizing this is the same man that was born at the same time that was prophesied. And all these Scriptures are literally being fulfilled in our, with, right before us, but yet they chose to ignore that. I don't like the weight of my phone, amen. What are you getting at? I'm saying that they were picking and choosing what they wanted to believe or pay attention to, right? Um, church, that's no different than today. People focusing and cherry-picking on what they want to believe and what they want to adhere to, biblically speaking. Uh, our, our, our Christian experience is, is relegated to um, the church that, well, we like at the time. Uh, whatever suits our fancy is the church that we want to go to, Amen. As opposed to just following scripture. And whatever church lines up with scripture, the best. Yeah. I didn't say you need to go to the church that, that um, plays a certain kind of music. No, I didn't even say that. Whatever church lines up with scripture, the best. Yeah. I personally think they go hand in hand, but that's my opinion, amen. But what we do today is people want to focus on the parts of the Bible that they want to believe in i mean we're talking about the jews the religious of the religious amen uh and they i mean they were they adhered to the scripture they could give you scripture after scripture yet they didn't want to acknowledge who the the messiah even when he was there right in front of them it's kind of like christians today that say i believe the bible i am religious i go to church i call myself a christian i witness to people i believe the bible but not the tithing part i don't I believe the Bible, but not the tithing part. Or, or I believe the Bible except for the part that says to, to study to show thyself approved. I, I don't really want to adhere to that. I believe the Bible except for the drinking alcohol part. But more importantly and more specifically for this message, the, the, the Jews were hyper-focused on the works and the requirements of the law, and I've said this a lot lately, so f- focused on the work of the Lord that they completely miss the Lord of the work. And that's what happens with religion. That's what happens when it's just religion. You're just following works of the law, trying to uh, uh, appease yourself by doing things, amen. That's not godliness. see the same thing today but tonight I want to focus specifically on the Jews people who who are sincere and religious but they're not saved and have not accepted the Messiah as their personal Savior that's what I want to focus on tonight brother Jim would you open in a word of prayer sir Amen.
I was going to do a top 10 Old Testament prophecies was my plan of the coming Messiah, but I soon realized that I just couldn't let it go without giving uh, substance to each point. And we could do that. We could give a top 10 and just go right through and be done for the night. But, but we're not here just to, just to put in our, our, our time or whatever. We're here to really learn something from the Word of God. Right. So, so it went down to two. <laughs> I got two points tonight. Um, and I don't think we'll even be 30 minutes. But then again, I didn't think this morning would be so long either. I think it went 37 minutes. Amen. 30, I, 39. 39. Woo. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, uh, we need to work on better, not bitter, honey. So, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thanks, Fred Jim. Woo. Amen. Hey, I got it down from thir- uh, 10 to, and actually I got it down from 30 uh, Old Testament prophecies, prophecies about the coming Messiah down to 10, and then I had to go from 10 down to 2. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Amen. But I want people to come back on Wednesday and next week for Sunday school and Sunday morning. Uh, it sounds good, but living it's better. Amen. Amen. So let's look at a couple Old Testament prophecies uh, tonight concerning Jesus Christ. Number one, number one, that the Messiah would be resurrected. That the Messiah would be resurrected. Turn to Psalms chapter 16, verse 10. Psalms chapter 16, verse 10. I'm going to get used to that one day. You, you know, because it used to always be you'd hear pages turning. I, but everyone's already there. Amen. Psalm 16, 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. The psalmist David's writing this, but notice a few things that David re- referenced himself to be in hell one day as well as the Son of God. Amen. That's interesting. Why would David and Jesus go to hell? That seems contrary to Scripture, doesn't it? Excuse me, in Bible times, when we see the word hell, it doesn't always mean a place of torment or a lake of fire, uh, uh, particularly. Um, So let me unpack that just for a moment. And that's why I couldn't just... I couldn't just give a top ten. I just couldn't do it. Amen. Amen. Um, the, there's a Hebrew Hebrew word, sheol. S-H-E-O-L. Amen. It's found 65 times in 63 verses of the Old Testament. It literally means the region of the departed. It doesn't mean a place of torment specifically. It just means a place you go when you, when you die. There's a Greek word in the New Testament... Uh, for Hades, it's found 11 times in 11 verses of the New Testament. It's the equivalent word for Sheol in the Greek, I mean the Hebrew. So you have this same word meaning the same thing, a place you go when you die. Not a place of torment by any means, but the region of the departed, amen. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see the same word hell in our perfect English King James Bible. However, if you were to read it straight from the Greek Bible, you would find in the New Testament 12 times in 12 verses that a different word was being used, Guiana, that is different than Sheol or Hades. It not only means a place of the departed, but more specifically a place of torment and is derived from the valley of Hinnom. And let me, let me clarify this too, that some would say that that by acknowledging this, it is denying the inerrancy of Scripture. 
to look back at Greek and Hebrew for definitions. But that is not the case because it never changes the meaning of the word. It's still a place of departed, but, but, but there's some Greek words that just not, just doesn't just mean place of departed, but a more specific thing about that place. They're different words. And, and you say, what exactly are you talking about? And I, I know you guys have heard this a hundred times. But the English word for love is generic. You know, if I said that I, I felt love in my heart, I mean, you get what I'm saying, but like, is it a romantic love? Is it a love for, that I have for Brother Tony? Or is it a love that I have for the Ford Flex that I love that car? Is it a love that I have for uh, roasted chicken on a Sunday afternoon? And I love that. In the next day for lunch. Amen. In the Greek, there's four different types of love. And, and there's four different words. And we would translate that love, right? But, but there's four different uh, uh, versions of it. One would be specific to your brothers and sisters. One parent to children. One uh, uh, romantic. One would be to all mankind. And that's one we're familiar with called agape. And, and there's at least four different. Many theologians say there's eight or nine. But they all agree that there's at least four. So if something's, so, so we read it in our English Bible, it doesn't mean that it changed it. But sometimes, and by no means should we spend our life doing this, but sometimes I believe we can look to the Greek and Hebrew to get a deeper meaning of it. Not to change it, but a deeper meaning. <clears throat> Amen. So, how could both David and the Son of God both spend time in hell because it was a place of the departed, not a place of torment. Jesus told of the thief on the cross, he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Right. He didn't say, hey, today, today we're going to go to a place of torment, and then we'll be in paradise. Right. No, he said, today we'll be in paradise. Amen. Um, you can read about that. It tells about it, Luke chapter 19, verse 16 through 31. I believe Jesus talks about it plainly. So that was a little longer way, not an in-depth way, but a little longer way of pointing out that David acknowledged that the Messiah would resurrect from the grave. Amen. Amen. Would not leave my soul in hell or the Holy One. Amen. I've heard some great debaters debate some things and um, considering the resurrection. And uh, I look forward to putting a message together with some some. some some facts and data. But I've heard the debaters say this multiple times, something along these lines that there's more, there's more textual evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than a whole lot of history figures that we teach in our public schools. We teach, yeah, this happened, this happened, this war was fought, this guy was a pharaoh, this guy was a king, this happened, this happened. It's true. It's all true. Nobody even questions it. And, and they'll teach that just from a couple of texts and a couple of little things that we have here, what little history there. But there is so much documented history on Jesus Christ. If you want to go by the same standard for believing what's truth or not, all of a sudden, they're not being honest with themselves. And really, that's the end of the, right, that, that, that's, that's the end all question if we're being honest with ourselves. How often we're not. And if you have any question, uh, if there's any question in your mind right now, 
if you're honest with yourself, just say, have you served God with all you could this week? The answer is probably no and to every one of us. Probably, if we were honest, it's probably no. Amen. The Jews rejected Jesus Christ even though Scripture prophesied that the Messiah would be resurrected from the grave. Number one. Number two, and the last one for tonight, is that there would be a new covenant. The Jews knew that the Scripture prophesied of a new covenant. And it seems so obvious to us today. We got a new, an Old Testament and a New Testament. A testament is another word for covenant. We have an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. I mean, to us, it's just like two plus two is four. It's not even, not even maybe because I was raised in a Christian home, it just seems so obvious. But the prophet Jeremiah, he literally prophesied about it. Turn to Jeremiah 31, 31. I think we're already there. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Keep in mind, this is Jeremiah, Old Testament, long before the resurrection of Christ, or long before, yeah, the resurrection, or long before the birth of Christ, even. The Jews knew that the coming Messiah would make a new covenant with Israel. Look at, look at, Isaiah 42 6 we can even see in Isaiah how God was promising a new and a future covenant for his people look at this Isaiah 42 6 I the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles jump to 49 8 thus saith the Lord in an acceptable time have I heard thee and in a day of salvation have I helped thee and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritage heritages now I jump to Luke 22 20 Luke 22:20 let's look at the new covenant fulfilled and I just Picked out a couple, but we could, you know, we could stay here all night just reading them and get a blessing out of it. Luke twenty two twenty. 20. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus Christ shed blood is the new covenant. It is the New Testament. Salvation didn't change. God didn't change. Christ is literally the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, there is no more need for an Old Testament. The Old Testament was needed to bring in the New Testament, the, 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 the new covenant. God had to raise up a nation literally in a bloodline, and it had to be specific. And he had to teach him the importance of a blood sacrifice because without, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And at the end of the Old Testament, there's, because Christ came, that's the end of the Old Testament. That's the end of the law. There, there's no more need for a sacrifice anymore because the sacrifice that all the sacrifices were pointed to had come. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Jump to verse 12. For I will be merciful to, to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In, in that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. He's not saying, ever saying it was bad. He's saying it was needed. But it's not needed anymore. 
How could the Jews deny this? I mentioned it before, but I've been asking. Whenever I witness to people, it's, it's something, and a question I ask all the time now is, if, if, the, if the God of the Bible were true, if you found out that it was true, would you become a Christian? And, and I'm telling you, half the people or more will always go, um, uh, well, that depends on something. They start looking for a reason. That's not, if the God of the Bible were true, and you have to think about that. We're not being intellectually honest. Now all of a sudden it's pointing out there's a heart problem. We just don't want to believe it. And that's the truth of it all. And, and in the same thread of thinking, how can the Jew not only at the crucifixion, but even now, especially now, deny that Jesus uh, is, is the Messiah when there's an overwhelming mound of evidence and we just not, we didn't even scratch and sniff it tonight to prove that he is who he says he is from Scripture itself, old and new. And, and, and there's lots more Scriptures that I look forward to in the future looking at. But we don't have 30 hours to go over it all. Amen. And you say, well, the, those Jews, how awful they were, and they crucified Jesus. Man, that, that is awful. That's awful that they crucified him. It's awful that they ignored all those prophecies that pointed to one man. And it wasn't like it was prophecies and like, well, that's debatable. It's prophecies and like, hey, he was born at this time. Uh, oh, man, this guy, nobody can say that he's done any sin. Actually, he, he raised Lazarus from the dead with witnesses, but I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it. I know everybody, I don't want to believe how he raised them from the dead. He raised them from the dead, turned water. He's literally walking around doing all these miracles for years. But they just choose not to believe it. Remember, remember, so many people saw miracles. There's people that saw Lazarus being raised from the dead and chose not to believe. They made a conscious decision with their heart to not believe. Amen. And we'll close here in about 60 seconds, but it's no different than the born-again Christian who believes that Christ is the Messiah and, and the word of God is true. Man, I believe it. I'm a, I, I'm a, even to the born-again Christian, I believe that the word of God is true. I believe that he came and he saved my soul. Amen. I thank God for that. I believe, I believe all of this, but I choose not to tithe, though. I'm still going to pick and choose what I want to do and what I want to believe. I, I still want to drink alcohol as, as if God wasn't clear how he felt about it precisely in scriptures. Or maybe, maybe I believe in the word of God, but I'm, you know what? Not that whole study to show thyself approved part. I'm good. I, you know, I'm busy, you know. I'm a 2023 Christian. I don't have time to spend time in the word of God. Even though we're commanded to. So what's the common denominator between the Jew back then, the Jew today, and the modern day backslidden Christian? It's our sinful flesh. They had the same sinful flesh that we had, uh, that they had back then, and the same sinful flesh we have today. Wanting to live according to thus saith me, as opposed to thus saith the Lord. Oh, we can talk a big talk. Oh, I love the Lord. I want to live according to his word, except for this one, except for that one. And let's not even talk about this. But I'm a Christian, and I love you, Lord. Now give me all your blessings. 
That's how we live as Christians. So what are we going to do about it is the answer. Amen. Let's close.